0: songwriter's lounge podcast and we have a very exciting guest with us today we have a country music artist who has featured on the show has not she tom
1: yeah a couple of times we've featured yeah. jess's music on the show and it's always always very much loved by everyone which is awesome for us and awesome for jess
0: yeah so here's <laughs> jess jess welcome to the show how are you thank
2: you guys thanks for having me i'm great how are you
0: I am good. I am good. I am. I'm bored of this COVID nonsense. I don't know how you feel, but I'm definitely, I'm getting a bit frustrated with it all. But I mean, hopefully now that vaccines and stuff are kicking about, maybe we're on the, on the right track. I don't know.
2: Yeah, it was very hard this summer. We're supposed to do our world tour and Every day looking at my calendar, seeing, oh, we're supposed to be in London today, or oh, we're supposed to be in Uh, uh, the Middle East today, or oh, this or that. It uh, was like just very sad.
1: So you were literally going around the world then, it sounds like.
2: Yeah, it's all been shifted to this upcoming May. But I mean, even at this point, I hate to say it, I'm trying to remain very positive because I feel like a positive mindset and positive thinking is everything, Um, I'm just really hoping that it, it goes ahead.
1: I hope that too, for you, that must be frustrating. It
2: is. And there's nothing you could do, you know, that, but at a point it's also comforting in a weird way, you know, when it's just totally out of your hands, um, you almost don't stress about it as much because it's like, you know, what are you going to do?
1: Yeah, exactly. Totally. 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 It's a good way of looking at it. I think I'm the same. (laughs) So. I live in the state, so I live in Indiana. All my family are back home, like with books seeing them multiple times and it always gets cancelled. Not music related, but I get the the frustration of just letting it go. It's not in your hands. Just uh would we'll just wait and see, I guess.
2: That's all we could do.
0: So Jess, tell us a bit about yourself for some of the listeners that might have never heard of you or are just kind of just finding out about you through this, this podcast episode.
2: So I am a country crossover artist, uh, meaning that although I'm labeled as country, my music is very much so pop, rock, blues, soul, a lot of Motownish style harmonies I incorporate. And I think it's due to me being a New Yorker. Uh, I was born in Brooklyn, New York, and grew up. I still reside an hour north of New York City, so not the most country of places. <laughs> um, yeah. but you know what? In the beginning, I was so afraid of being different, and then I realized over time that it was my greatest asset. You know, there's a million and ones everybody else, but there's only one, one you. Only and, one you. Um, yep. I think that's the reason why I've had success so far is that I've stayed true to that as as hard as it was at times.
0: So with all those range of kind of genres that you've mentioned, were there any like that you started off in or have you always just had this kind of love for a mix of music?
2: I I did, so um, it's funny. My dad got me into country music and he is Brooklyn born and raised in New York City, like hardened street cop and was listening to like (laughs) Glenn Campbell and George Strait at home. And that's how I learned to love it. But I started as a rock and roller. So I started my first band when I was 13. I just kind of always knew. People always say like, what's that moment you realize that you wanted to do music? And for me, there was never a moment ever. It just was everything I always did. It was just life. And when I was 13, I started my first band and we started gigging all over Manhattan clubs that I wasn't even allowed into because of how (laughs) young I was. (laughs) And um, it was very much no doubt like that band. Um, But I always listened to country music and loved it and listened to everything. My biggest inspirations growing up were The Temptations, Neil Diamond, The Beach Boys, Richard Mark, Shania Twain, Phil Vassar. Uh, It's literally like across the board. You um, can't get any more varied. That is so good. And then when I got a little bit older, after the heartbreaks of that band, we got very close to some incredible opportunities. I was writing all the music, um, but they were kids. And I was never the typical kid. They wanted to hang out on the weekends. I wanted to rehearse for eight hours at a time. And it was always my career. And um, after some really significant things were taken away from me because of the mentality of these kids uh, that were in the group. I said, you know what, I my heart's telling me to do country music for some reason, and I'm going to be a solo artist because if anybody's ever going to mess this up for me again, I want it to only be me, and I want to have no regrets. And that's how kind of the whole Jessica Lynn entity was born.
1: I love wow. that mindset of... You know, you've got a band that you really love and you love being in, but you feel like you're being held back slightly. So let's just do it on my own. And I love that you've done it. And another interesting fact about you, Jess, that we love, we've mentioned it before on the show. And correct me if I'm wrong, but aren't your current band some of your family members?
2: Yeah, uh, we're a family band. So my dad plays bass guitar for me. My mom is my background singer. And my husband is my lead guitarist. And the rest of the band, with the exception of the drummer who's now been with us for close to three years, which is rare in itself, um, has been with me since 2012. So we're going on nine years together. And um, they're just as much family as anybody else. We spend holidays together, we live with each other for five to six months at a time, um, traveling, and we have truly experienced an emotional and uh, professional roller coaster together and we have a bond unlike anything i have seen in other modern music bands
0: and i bet it's been quite incredible to be able to tour with your family is probably a massive benefit because i i hear so much stories of people you know that find that a really hard part of touring, which is missing your family. And I'm sure you miss a lot of your friends and, you know, other members of your family, but that must give you a lot of comfort when you're on the road.
2: It does. You know, family is, or home, you know, is is not where your house is. It's where the people you love are. And I am very lucky that everybody gets to come with me. Um, even the other guys in the band, uh, Bob, my pedal steel play, for example, we hire his wife, Wilma, she sells our merchandise. So we keep it all in the family. And um, I get asked a lot, what is it like traveling and touring with your family? And the, the absolute best way that I can describe it so that everybody really feels what I mean is, you know, when I've given a lot of thought of about this over the years. Um, When you're driving in your car and you see the most amazing sunset and you're like, oh, I got to get a picture of this. And you take out your phone and you take the picture. You're like, this looks looks nothing like what I'm seeing in front of me. It never does. It never looks or feels the same. That is the best representation. When I see a fan crying in front of the stage because of how much that song means to them, I get to look over at my husband and be like, oh my gosh, look at this moment I never have to call him from my hotel room be like you're never gonna believe what happened today because it would never be the same
0: yeah and they can they can understand as well not just the amazing moments but they're there I'm sure when times are tough as well and and you know music is like anything else in life isn't it you go through ups and downs and there'll be times I'm sure where you're just so tired after being on the road so much and doing so much music and And that's so cool to have that network there as well to be able to kind of lift you up, you know? It's
2: true. You know, they genuinely, this business is so hard Mm. and there are more than not people that are just out to make money off of you that don't really genuinely care about you. They care about themselves and what you can do for them. And it's just a sad reality. And knowing that you have people with you at all times that genuinely look out for you is the biggest comfort that you could ever ask for in a business like this.
1: Oh that, that is, must be that so huge, huge. Like huge. Man. I mean yeah you've got you've got people there going through it with you that you know care about you and you know have got your best interests in mind and vice versa, you've got their back. And that's unique. I've I've not heard that one. So that's why I was excited to ask you that just to see what you say. Um, I think it
2: also gives us a different relationship, even with people that we work with, you know, I mean, we've toured with other bands or seen other bands and, you know, when you get your catering at the end of the night, you know, backstage, a lot of bands take their plate and they go and, you know, do whatever with it. We sit as a family. That's what we do. We're a family and the other guys are a family. So there we are sitting as a family with the promoters and their people who then, Feel like family and become family. And it's just a totally different dynamic. And it's amazing how many real genuine friendships um, we've created with people from around the world. Just last week there's a big festival in Italy that we have headlined called the Voghera Country Music Festival. And one of my favorites to play and we became so close with them there and they, and they own the, um, the first country music station in Italy, cowboy, uh, or country power station. And they shipped us a whole box of all Italian food last week to New York. It was like the most amazing surprise, like the Parmesan we're Italian too. So it was like the most amazing pest, fresh pesto, like all this stuff.
1: And
2: their dream so was jealous. to visit New York and we were their witnesses. They got married in New York. <laughs> we met them in the city. <laughs> and like no that's that one of a, one of a kind experiences.
0: That is mad. That is mad. So, right. So we've, so you've kind of given us a bit of a taste there of both like your early life and your recent life. What would you say looking back was the moment when you kind of thought, oh, I've kind of, I've broken, you know, that barrier from just like, like I've now, I feel like I'm now being taken as a serious artist. I feel like I now am a serious artist. Like when you're starting out, obviously you're, you're doing so much, you're putting yourself out there and not a lot of people know you and you're maybe not getting booked for gigs and, and it's really tough to get heard. What was the moment where it kind of changed for you and you feel like that, that, that kind of all started to happen and the balls started rolling?
2: That's such a hard question to answer. Cause even still to this day, after traveling around the world and having radio and TV success and things like that, I still feel just like a regular person. Like sometimes I open up my Facebook and see like, Oh, my live stream this week hit 90,000 uh, views. That's weird. Like it doesn't yeah. occur to me like, Oh, you've made it. <laughs> or you have these fans. Like it punches me in the gut every time. Honestly, when things like that happen, like, oh my gosh, wait, like step back a second and look at what you're doing. Yeah. Look at time. what you've done. Yeah. Um, I would have to say there's been a few moments um getting recognized in foreign places have definitely been kind of pinch me moments. Um, One time my husband and I were out at a restaurant not too long ago and the people at the table next to us, kept like looking at their phone and looking over. And my husband got up, went to the bathroom. He's like, they have your Instagram up (laughs) on their cell phone and (laughs) are wondering if they came over and and we met. So that was kind of a cool moment. And I would say professionally, a moment that really hit home for me that I'll remember the rest of my life was uh, my first concert when I was five was Richard Marks. He's been a huge musical influence on me ever since I was a baby, and I got to, uh, he, so he was my first concert when I was five. Um, no and way. I remember sitting in the stands at this big music hall and like waving like, oh my God. Like, <laughs> and he looked at me and waved back and it like made my life. I still remember how I felt. This past year, I got to perform with him and playing my set and looking over into the wing and seeing him now watching me was one of the craziest moments of my life where I honestly I even get teared up just talking about it because I was like wow if you could have told that little five-year-old girl like what you'd be doing one day that's just such an incredible it, it really it like hit me very hard like look at what you've accomplished this that's is really cool
1: I can't even imagine how amazing that must have been I'm thinking I try and like put myself in the situation for me it'd be Brian May the guitarist from Queen loved him since I, I could remember if I saw him watching me play I would be the same. I'd just cry. I'd be like, I, I can't believe. I
2: cried. I really <laughs> cried. I, I, it was, I cried. And then once I finished my set and we got to meet, he was so nice to me and my family, his crew, the, I don't know if, do you know Vertical Horizon, that band? Um, they, uh, they were really big in the States. He was there too. He did a few songs with them and that was another band. I like loved listening to growing up and it was so weird for him to come back and be like, wow, that's a great set. And I watched Richard set right from where he watched mine. And it was, he said, oh, how, how was the, everyone? Jessica Lynn was so great, right? Give her another round of applause. And I just sobbed. I was like, I cannot believe I'm standing here oh. doing this. It was really insane.
1: That's, that's like my favorite answer. answer to that question. Like yeah, that's the, such a I good be, answer. I've been wondering, like, what are people going to say when you like say, like, the break? That is my favorite answer. Just like your musical hero, then admiring you and calling you out yeah it must have been like a outer body experience almost to the it point was. where yeah i, I just could've...
2: cried i couldn't even help but i i just cried and i thought back to <laughs> little me like man if you only if you only knew
0: if you only knew Lovely. that's inspiring i love that love that story and so so in terms of some of your work then so your music what would you say looking back and, and it doesn't have to be like music that was you know your break music or anything but like what is your music that you look back on and you know you're most proudest of I guess like are there a couple of songs that you're just like the most proudest out of your whole repertoire are there a couple of favorites there
2: I would say that there was a song I'm a big believer in following your gut Um, And I think that's what's gotten me this far. If something doesn't feel right, I don't do it. If it feels right, even if it's uncomfortable, I think I saw a quote recently, no one ever achieved greatness by feeling comfortable.
0: That's true, And and
2: I have truly lived by that. Um, And I recorded my first kind of real EP, like in a real like million dollar studio type of thing um, overseas in Belgium. And it's funny even that whole, that's a whole nother story, but I wound up connecting just by chance with this very well-known, famous Belgian producer that happened to wanna dabble in country music. I happened to be playing a big festival only 45 minutes away from where his studio was. So everything kind of led me to this path. And we decided we were gonna do a three song EP together. So I fly back to Belgium and we're recording this, we recorded like six songs. And, uh, we were going to choose three that we're going to go on this little mini EP. And oh my gosh, Audrey is snoring so loud behind me. I don't know if you can. I
1: can't so hear So this, this is the dog for any <laughs> listeners
0: that, that aren't watching, <laughs> so,
2: so Jess's we go, uh, dog we're, we're, has
0: joined us in the, in the interview. <laughs> she's, a,
2: she's such a personality.
0: Oh, I love it. I love it. Oh, Dogs are always so. welcome. <laughs>
2: So we get this, these great studio music, musicians. Actually, the band that was on the Voice over in Belgium, like the number one studio band, they lay all the stuff down on these tracks, and we pick three tracks. The last day, I am up all night because something just doesn't feel right, like to me, and I can't sleep. I'm like thing, I'm like, oh my god, I just there's something about these three songs is just not right. The next morning, I woke up and there was one song that we did not have the studio guys record. That was kind of like a little bit of a throwaway to us. Like, oh, I'm not sure. And in my gut, I woke up like, that's gotta be the third song. We gotta get rid of this other one. And I remember walking down from my apartment in the studio and the guy's like, are you crazy? We don't have anything done. You gotta leave her on a plane six hours. Like we're not gonna get, I was like, just trust me. This has gotta be the song. That was my first top 50 single on country radio.
1: Oh yeah. What, what was, that called, was that song called Jess?
2: Crazy idea.
1: Crazy idea.
2: I got this crazy idea I'm proud of that because of just, it shows what just following that natural instinct can do. And and then this year I had a similar experience where we, at the beginning of 2020, my New Year's resolution was I was just going to write. I wanted to sit for like two weeks and do nothing but write and not write something that I've struggled with, with the, in the past has been writing with a purpose. Like, oh, we have this big festival coming up and I need something up tempo or I'd start a slow song and be like, oh, this isn't going to be good on radio, like ditch it. And it's hard because you're trying to be yourself, but you're also trying to fit in with what you know is going to work in the current climate of the industry. And I promised myself I was going to just write whatever came out. And if it came out with my heart and my soul, I was going to run with it. Literally. Oh, that's a good pun. I didn't even mean to do that. (laughs) (laughs) In the beginning of the year, one of the first songs that I wrote was my song called Run To. And as soon as I wrote it, I felt this gut reaction that it was something special. It was like a big 80s rock power ballad with some country thrown in. But I felt very strongly about making it my first single of 2020 because I wanted to show people what I was capable of. I thought it was very strong songwriter-wise. I was like, you know what, so what, it's different. Let me just go with it. I had like anxiety attacks before release day Because I was like what did I do I chose this crazy song Like people would be like that's that country Or whatever it is That song got picked up by CMT Billboard All Access Like uh, American Songwriter Did this huge feature Wow Um, It it changed my life That song Um, And I think that's a testament To always stay true to who you are And it will pay off in the end
0: and I've heard so many cases as well where artists like are, they feel like sometimes they're like confined to like stay safe and stay like making music that's like on trend, but it's often the ones that veer off of like the trend and veer off a wee bit in risky areas that suddenly kind of, t- you know, take them to that next level. And that's kind of like what you did there, you know, again, you're just kind of getting inspired in a different direction and you're just like, Oh, I just, I don't know what it is, but I just feel like I need to go there. It's, yeah, yeah that's yeah. so cool. So cool.
1: I, I mean, yeah, I, I like that. And I like, you said some, just as you were speaking there, you said some things that I thought, wow, that'd make a great lyric. Wow, that'd make wow, a great make lyric. Great lyric. <laughs> so like, again, like when you when you're trying not to, the best things happen. And if there's any advice for people getting into songwriting and maybe they're just struggling with things. Um, what would you say to them? What would you say to people just beginning their journey or just maybe I should pick up a guitar and start? I have this outlet. I, what would you, what advice would you give to to the younger generation? If you will,
2: I would say to not get discouraged. It is so, and never let anybody make you feel like you were not good enough. um, It's like anything, it takes practice. You're not going to pick up the guitar and the next day be Jimi Hendrix. (laughs) My first songs were not very good. Um, But if you love something and you have to really have that passion for it and you work at it really hard, you can make your wildest dreams come true. And there's going to be a million and one people along the way that tell you, you're you're never going to be anything. The amount of people that said when I first started – Oh, your band's too old or you have pedal steel in your music. That's not hot on country music right now. Um, Oh, your songs are good, but they just don't sound like other things on the radio. Like, oh, you have to dress a little bit more like this or that person. And if you listen to all of that, you get so lost from what from who you truly are. And that's what that's what makes you amazing. And that's what makes you stand out from the crowd and be successful. So always, always stay true to, to who you are and just try your your absolute hardest. Having regrets is the worst thing in life. And at the end of the road, you want to look back and say, I did everything that I could to follow that dream or live that life that I had always wanted. You you never, ever want to look back and say, man, I, I should have, could have, would have given that a try.
1: Yeah, that's just, a big, yeah just embrace, yeah, embrace yourself just and, embrace, and embrace your own, your own. It's your own personality. And I, I think that's what every, everything you're saying is pointing back to the fact that you seem to have a trust in yourself and your own instincts, which is great advice just there. Just like, just trust your own instincts and don't think about what other people say. Take it on board, but don't necessarily, if someone says, you know, take pedal steel out of your music, it doesn't work. It's like, well, no, I'm going to because I like it and I trust. <laughs> trust. Like, yeah. you know? Uh, that's awesome. That, that's a I, I, I love that outlook on things.
2: Thanks, and you know there. Don't get me wrong. There are definitely moments of doubt. There are moments I sit there and I cry myself to sleep because I'm like I'm trying so hard and just I don't feel like I'm moving forward. And that's an important thing to know too. The music business, anything is not always glamorous, and nobody's life is what they put every day on social media for the the world to see. Um, nice. But I always feel too if it's meant to be it's it's meant to be and you just got to give it all you got
0: it's gonna be love that love it and so right so me and tom you kind of touched on it there just ever so slightly we are massive advocates for how songwriting as a as an art and as a kind of hobby and as a as a passion can be so beneficial not just you know for you know being able to play physically in places and whatnot and gigging and all that. But on your mental health, I certainly like when, when I'm writing, I'm like, I'm leaving the stresses of daily life behind and I'm kind of escaping to this world where I'm getting creative and I'm, you know, do you find that as well? Do you find that songwriting is also quite like a, like a healing process at times? And
2: Definitely. Um, actually, we opened my first television special that went nationwide here in the States with me saying songwriting has been my best friend on my worst days and my best days. And that couldn't, it couldn't be more the truth. Um, Anytime I feel upset or excited, or the first thing I wanna do is get it, get it out on paper. Um, And I think that's also what makes the best music. And I think that's why people have connected with my music so much is it's all very genuine. I'm not the person that could sit down and be like, I'm gonna write a song about being in my pickup truck today because that's what people want (laughs) to hear. I really have to feel something to write it. And I think people feel that when they listen.
1: Hey guys, I think it's time for another cheeky songwriting challenge, don't you? This is where mid-podcast episode I challenge my good buddy and co-host Andy to write a vocal hook over the top of an instrumental provided to us by our sponsors JetTracks. Head to jettracks.com now, use code Lounge for a free track when you buy one. Now today I wanted to make the subject deliberately difficult for Andy. So Andy, this week's subject, stapler. Over to you pal.
0: So I'll snap us together like a stapler Cause you know that I'm your favorite stationer Don't try to run away from a stapler Even though maybe I'm probationer Can't you see I'm crazy for the way you make me feel? And these metal pins will show
1: I would agree. I'd agree. One thing that I've noticed about your music and your lyrics, in particular, are very, very good for for a particular feeling. You have songs that are amazing, feel good songs, and then like your Christmas song that you just released is like we we featured it on the podcast, and it's like it's such a beautiful song to just sit and listen to that you forget that it's a Christmas song almost. But from a songwriting perspective, you think this is a a, a beautiful song and. Just listen to it. Yeah, I I love moments like that, and I I think you captured that so well in the Christmas song you released. And
2: thank you.
1: We 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 really enjoyed it. Um, We did, uh, and we 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 gave it a glorious review.
2: (laughs) Thank you, and I really appreciate that. That means a lot to me.
1: And uh, just before we let you go, Jess, what's what's next for you? I know you've just touched upon your touring, but is there anything that you want to to talk about, or that people should should look out for in the future?
2: Um, well, we have my record coming. Um, it was only supposed to be a six song EP before we left for the tour in May. And then when that all got canceled, we are like, you know what? Again, I would say we, I, I bet it's like our hard headed New York Italian mentality. Like, no, you're not going to beat us up. We're going to beat you up. <laughs> and we, like we, um, we're like, you know what, let's find the silver lining. Let's make something great of this. And we decided to make a record. Um, so it up went up to 13 songs. We are mixing the final song today. And then I'm going to take a few days just to listen all the way through and do any final tweaks and stuff before it gets sent out to be made. But I'm very excited for that. It has the single so far that I released this year um, on it, Run to Now or Never, Love Me That Way and Getaway Car. Um, We're going to be releasing probably one or two more before the record drops, which would be a little less than half the album. And um, it's something I'm very proud of because of everything we've spoken about today. Not, Not only did it come in a very challenging time in my life, which makes it special in itself, but it's a testament that you can overcome and the music in it is very much so me. It's genreless. less um, I love and that. And I think that's really cool. And I'm very proud that I could put my name on something that goes out that's different.
1: I mean, I can't wait. And, and do you have a, an approximate date yet or is it still a bit up in the air?
2: We don't because there's a lot of really cool stuff happening right now behind the scenes and we are hoping to get to release it in a much bigger way a little bit later in the year.
0: That sounds cryptic, doesn't it, Tom? They <laughs> <laughs> always do. They always do. She's <laughs> going to keep us guessing. She's going to keep us guessing. <laughs>
2: I feel like I need to like spin around in my chair like dogs <laughs> are Yeah,
0: yeah. You, you need to get
1: like a white cat. I know you've got a dog back there, but you need to get a white cat. <laughs> yes, just, yeah, where is she? <laughs> but, um But yeah, well again, Jess, just thank you so much for coming on. And guys, Jess just released a single literally last week called Getaway Cars Out Everywhere. Go check it out. Follow her on her socials. Um and yeah, just thank you so much. It's just it's been so inspiring just chatting and hearing your side it's of things. Brilliant.
2: Thank you. I love you guys. I love everything you do and put out, and I'm so happy to be a part of it.
1: Thank oh, you so much for your time.
0: It's been honoured, it's honoured. been brilliant. It's been fantastic, and uh, you. wish and you and all the too. best yeah. with the with the new record. And, uh, I don't know
2: if you could see her.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, give the dog
1: a good fuss from me. Give her
2: a nice yeah,
0: hug. Give give <laughs> your dog Can't some it, love from it. us.
1: Oh, oh cozy she's, as you she's like. So
2: cozy. It's <laughs> <laughs> too much. Oh, uh, brilliant. Well,
1: Again, thanks, Jess. And we'll definitely be looking out for that album. And we'll speak to you soon, okay? Thank you, guys. All the best, Jess. <laughs> bye bye. Bye. bye.